Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sunman Podcast. This is your teacher, Teacher Lewis, slowly reading the news for you so that you can practice and improve your listening comprehension. Don't forget, don't forget that we have the best online English courses for every student, every level. Just make sure to check out sunman.com.mx for more information. Now, let's begin. Are you ready? Let's do it. In the technology section, how you'll get Apple and Google's contact tracing app for your phone. Apple and Google are working together on a major effort to stop the spread of COVID-19 that uses signals from people's phones to warn them if they've been in contact with someone who's tested positive for the disease. The joint project takes advantage of two of the world's most popular operating systems, Apple's iOS and Google's Android to potentially reach billions of people. The tools will use Bluetooth radio technology to support apps that will be developed by public health authorities. Google and Apple will initially begin releasing updates in May, the tech giants said during a joint briefing Monday. The two companies plan to build a tracing capability into their mobile operating systems building off apps that public health authorities roll out. Once it's part of the OS, tracking could be even easier, but that will require people to update their phone software, a problem that dogs the industry. A software tool, after all, is only as effective as the number of people who can access it. Pushing out updates to Android is notoriously challenging. That's because Android operates on devices made by a variety of manufacturers who have to test updates to make sure they work. The cumbersome process has led to a challenge known as fragmentation. Android users running different flavors of the OS that have varying capabilities. Apple's update process is a whole lot simpler but even the iPhone maker doesn't have 100% of its users on the most recent version of iOS. For Google, the update to enable the tracking tools won't be like a normal operating system upgrade. It will instead come through a set of tools called Google Play Services, which lets Android sidestep some fragmentation issues by pushing updates directly, without the approval of device and wireless partners. The company normally uses Google Play services to update its own apps, like Gmail and Maps, and push changes like a new app icon. The contact tracing tools will be available for phones running software as old as Android Marshmallow, the version of the operating system released in 2015. Given the critical nature of this update, I appreciate Google using the Google Play services rather than relying on users to download the update, Creative Strategies Analyst Carolina Milanesi said. It likely will be easier for Apple to roll out an iOS update to all of its users at once than it is for Google. 
because Apple controls the hardware, software, and services on iPhones. It's able to make sure updates work across its newer devices and roll it out to all devices at once. Apple is still looking at how to get the update on as many devices as possible, company representatives said Monday. But the uptake for its software releases is faster than on Android. Apple typically unveils a new version of its iOS software each June at its developers' conference and ultimately releases the full version to iPhone users in the fall. Whenever it introduces a new variant of its software, the majority of iPhone users download it within weeks. The biggest mobile operating systems. As of late January, 77% of iPhones ran the most recent version of Apple's operating system, iOS 13. While Google hasn't released user figures for the latest version of its software, Android 10, users have been slow to download previous generations. The last time Google updated its distribution numbers in May 2019, Android 9 had been installed on only 10.4% of Android phones. The three versions released before that made up 64.4% of Android phones. Android is the world's biggest smartphone operating system, with 87% of all phones using Google software in 2019, and only 13% using iOS, according to IDC. In the US, though, Apple's iPhone makes up a bigger percentage of the overall phone market, hovering around 40% of all phones shipped, according to CounterPoint Research. In December 2019 quarter, the first full period with the newest iPhones, about half of all smartphones shipped in the US were iPhones, the firm said. When it comes to the contact tracing tools, the ability for a wide swath of the population to access them is much more important than it is with other normal app updates. As more countries look into apps to provide contract tracing and contain the COVID-19 outbreak, privacy and civil liberties advocates have warned that relying on technology will create a disparity on who is counted when governments make public health decisions. The American Civil Liberties Union released a white paper on April 8, warning that people in impoverished communities may not have access to the latest Android or iOS device, pointing out that the people who need the contact tracing notifications about COVID-19 positive cases the most may not have access to it. In a testimony to the Senate Commerce Committee on April 9, the Future of Privacy Forum Senior Counsel Stacy Gray noted that certain devices are more widely used by younger and richer communities, which means that the elderly, very young, and lowest income people would be excluded from what Apple and Google are looking to build. Beyond access to devices, another concern would be access to networks. Researchers from Harvard University's Center for Ethics pointed out that a large part of the U.S. population don't have consistent access to broadband. If 100% of some communities use a tracing app, but other communities feel alienated by it, 
don't have the necess don't have the necessary devices, cannot get signal, or are afraid of government overreach, we may have a situation where the virus can more easily get a foothold in the certain communities, further increasing existing inequalities and creating an atmosphere of stigma and disparity, the research paper said. In the World News section, this is the headline. North Korea test fires multiple short-range anti-ship missiles. Reuters, Tuesday, April 14, 2020. Seoul, April 14, Reuters. North Korea launched multiple short-range anti-ship cruise missiles into the sea and Suko jets fired air-to-surface missiles on Tuesday as part of its ongoing military exercises, South Korea's military said. The missile test came on the eve of a national holiday in North Korea to celebrate the birthday of Kim Tu-sung the founder of the country and grandfather of the current leader, Kim Jong-un. Launched at around 7 a.m., the anti-ship missiles plunged into the sea more than 150 kilometers, 93 miles, off the east coast town of Munkon. While the Sukis carried out firing tests, officials at South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff told reporters, the GCS gave no indication of how many missiles were fired, but said a detailed analysis of the launches was being conducted together with U.S. intelligence. The latest tests were, were part of the wintertime drills the North has been carrying out in the recent weeks after coronavirus concerns caused delays. A South Korean military official told Reuters, there has been an increase in Air Force activities, which we think was intended to make up for the lack of winter training that they would have otherwise wrapped up in late March, the official said, and they usually hold military events around the April 15th birthday. The official noted that the North used a similar anti-ship cruise missile in June 2017 the last time it was known to have tested such a weapon. North Korea has been conducting weeks of military drills, including several launches of short-range ballistic missiles. Last month, it fired nine ballistic missiles in four rounds of tests, according to analysts. On Sunday, North Korean state media reported leader Kim Jong-un had visited an airbase and observed drills by the country's fighter jets and attack aircraft. This is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you found this podcast useful, please share it with other people who can also practice their English. Goodbye.